everybody, welcome to episode number 267 of Video Game Apocalypse. I am the George Norrie to Michael's Art Bell, Matthew Allen, east of the Rockies, who's here in the Michael Rapora's <laughs> memorial chat room with me. Ah, uh, Chrisio128, Antista. Uh, Dylan, two beautiful from those beautiful men in the laser time community, Tierney. Wow. Reference in the handsome boy contest. The mm. handsome boy. If you miss Cody right. Laveau, he's alive and well, winning a handsome boy contest over in the Laser Time Facebook community. Search it, people. <laughs> that's, I can't, that's right. Can't tell you anything more about it. Just be there. Uh, so, as always, for these interim episodes, um, each week we're going to be covering a topic and doing a top five based around that particular topic. And how could this week's topic be anything but... E3, which is next week, Yay. and you know what that means, E3. <laughs> Lots of awkward presentations featuring stiff execs and game devs looking like deer caught in the headlights. Uh, let's see, influencers shouting over each other in feigned excitement, just barely managing to contain their suppressed racism and male chauvinism, and Ooh. more t-shirt and sport coat combos than you can shake a controller at. But most of all, what does E3 mean, guys? Um, Walmart Kickstarter's announcing the main stage. <laughs> New game announcements! That's right, new game announcements. So get ready to board the... Board that hype train, (laughs) folks. I'm in, I'm in. (laughs) That that was a special Quad City DJ shout-out for uh, Brett. Uh, Brett Elston on that one. And yes, Um, everybody, I'm aware of... uh, I'm being criticized in 302010 for knocking Monica of Brandy and Monica Boy is Mind fame. I was unaware of her incredible contributions to the Space Jam soundtrack. Um, that, oh, that, that wasn't the Space Jam. It wasn't Quad. That was Quad City DJs. No. No, it wasn't. I still have no I idea mean, what you're talking about. I feel like I'm an audience surrogate at this Come point. on, Ride This Train? Wasn't that Quad City DJs? That was Quad City DJs. Right. Yes. Who did, yes. Who did the, the Slam Jam Space Jam song? Suck a dick, Dylan. I'm I know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> fucking confusing me now i'm apologizing to 30 2010 listeners but i don't have to apologize uh to bonus time listeners who not only get to learn why i was shitting and barfing my brains out all weekend uh they got an arrested development um episode that me and dave recorded spoiler cast for the new season because we were so excited i love arrested development (laughs) yeah and they got to hear me review a I guess it's sort of video game related. Mm-hmm. It's that hyper reality uh, VR Star yeah. Wars Secrets of the Empire. Experience. I don't. I don't know uh, why that's not the lead of the episode. Instead, it's my <laughs> shitting. Uh, <laughs> we went. Well, we uh, went. I was kind of like watching the clock. I'm like, we have gone an hour talking about diarrhea, but I was laughing my ass that off. That is not so. true. We did not go an hour on diarrhea. We went, <laughs> well, time flies. We a long time. time flies when you're shitting your brains out. That's true. Oh, it definitely stood still practically and was very painful. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm sure it was. Happy to be Almost alive. As, Almost as painful as this week's topic, which we're not just talking about newly announced games at E3. We're talking about games that were announced at E3 that were canceled, tragically. <laughs> they never saw the light of day. I, I think I, I, my name made reference to a Space World announced game, not a E3 announced game. So oh, apologi- mm. apologies for my reference. I mean, that's a great chance for me to kick into the rules and and actually yeah the only rule i have for this show is there's one rule it has to have been announced at an e3 and i will say in doing my research there are a lot of uh false articles out there that claim things were announced at e3s that were not mm. so i might get one or two wrong um because it's sort of hard to figure out when some of this stuff was announced if you go far back enough but i think i'm good i think i did all of my proper research mm. and i think for all of these games, the hype train began at an E3. Of course. Yeah. Um, ride a train. 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 Ride
Spot City Days for show suck it down. And so what that means though is um certain certain games are maybe I'd call them on the cusp. Like mm-hmm. there's some games uh we were just talking about one that that the rumor has it was delayed yet again like Crackdown 3. Um there are certain titles that it's not confirmed that they're canceled and the the publishers or the developers are still talking about them as if they're ongoing things. So we're not going to include those. Man, I guess I, that's, that's, but I was watching on a Facebook fucking video Terry Crews showing off his man cave, right? <laughs> and I love Terry Crews. And then he's like, and like it turns out he's a fascinating dude. Uh, he's, he has his own design uh, company and he's fascinated with design and uh, gaming and Star Wars. He's like, oh yeah, and here's a, here's something from my new game. Like, Terry Crews has a new game coming out? And he's like, yeah, Crackdown 3. I'm like, what? Like, when was the last time I saw anything about this game that it stars Terry Crews? But that's that's the closest I've had of confirmation that it's still in development. Terry Crews walking like fucking GQ through his apartment. <laughs> well, I, I love that he just refers to it as my new game. I always yeah. get that impression when you have celebrities yeah. talking about a game. He probably recorded VO like two or three years ago. For it's that got game. cloud computing potentially... power! <laughs> <laughs> he has no clue when that thing's coming out. And it's just like this new game, this great up and coming. That Yeah, that happens a lot. Um but so yeah, that it that would not make our list just because uh, well we just heard the rumor has it today as of this recording it it is yet again delayed delayed uh, sorry Microsoft good luck I guess next time I don't know you know what I want to uh, let's is look you can cut this out is Beyond Good and Evil two on this list no no Beyond Good and Evil two because as of what last E three they confirmed it's definitely coming they wouldn't give it a date. But yes. they showed actual footage. Um, but man, yeah, that, that is not Beyond Good and Evil 2. It is a movie that is inspired by Beyond Good and Evil 2 with a bunch of Andy Circus monkeys walking around. Yeah, but yeah. it's not the Beyond Good and Evil 2. It's not the sequel to the game Beyond Good and Evil. It's not the game we saw a trailer for 11 years ago, 12 years ago, of Uncle Page and uh, Jade sitting on a car in the desert. That game's go- Whatever that game is, isn't happening. It is gone. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. I'll be shocked if it's called Beyond Good and Evil 2, because if they want people to get into this, what is essentially a new game, they're not going to call it 2. Uh, Could go either way. They might. I, I don't way. know. They've been talking about it so long. Yeah, it uh, might It might get a subtitle. I'm kind of more confident that something like a uh, Shenmue 3 might not be happening, but uh, it's that fits in that category of, well, it's still <laughs> technically not canceled. Yeah. Hasn't been officially canceled yet, though I yet. will, just to give a little bit of a hint, one of the entries I cheated a little bit hasn't technically been canceled yet, but mm. all other signs point to. Mm. Um, so that being said, that's a great tease. How about we get to that entry right after the break? Let's get scratching. This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. <laughs> going on with a yo-yo because it automatically retracted. Yeah. You'd throw it out and just automatically pull back. The, the yo-yo ball, this is what the commercial sounded like. Yo! Yo! Yo-yo ball! It's so much fun and easy to do. Go wherever you go, music comes back to you. And you never have to whine it, you can do it all. Hey man, it's a yo-yo ball! So I personally hit myself in the face of the yo-yo ball like 900,000 <laughs> times. Because it, like, it really does retract back to you no matter what like force you think you're using. We were little kids in the uh, 80s and 90s. 
Fucking nineteen fifty songs were used to advertise everything to us. Huh. Yeah. And all the time. Like, hey, oh, doo wop, it's the big bopper here for, <laughs> for, for the game Sorry. And like I saw I was watching cartoons and like there's a new modern yo yo ball commercial. They didn't change the lyrics. What? Uh, but they added a modern sound. It's made by childish Gambino. It's a yo yo ball. It's so much fun and easy to do. Around you goes, it comes back to you. And you never have to wind it, you can do it all. Everybody. It's a yo yo ball. Damn, I was wondering if it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely real. Well, wow. it seems hard to believe, like, in, you know, this, like, electronic age, like, somebody, like, marketing something like that. I have a kid, like, sometimes, like, the simplest thing, like, that's fucking fun. If I bought him a yo-yo, he'd look at me like I was an <laughs> asshole. Like, <laughs> we have bought him a yo-yo. That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LazerTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. My ex-girlfriend, like, text, how's your day going? Like, well, I shit in the kitchen. Um. <laughs> I was wondering, because it, unless it's coming out of both ends, that's typically, yeah. that's the sign that it's food poisoning. So it that, was, that's, that's, that's when it was official. Like, I was like, I've thrown up five times in a row the last time was like mostly all blood i don't have health insurance here so i don't have the option of not anything other than hoping this is going to get better uh on its own so i just try and go back to bed and of course i wake up and like it's it's going it's happening again from the other end and i get on there and it's just full jeff daniels dumb and dumber hold Mm -hmm. on to the side of the bowl my legs are in the air and you just get that feeling like it's coming up the other way I don't know, like, you ever seen those kids who can stack cups really fast? Like, what, <laughs> yes. what's the fastest way I can get my pants down, flush the toilet, but i, I got to start the toilet flushing first so it's all the way done by the time I start projectile puking into the... Ugh. So at the same time, the exact same, like, five convulsing, like, ha! <laughs> get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Coming back from the break with our top five, which is about Chris. Uh, Canceled E3 games. The hype wasn't up to save them. That's right. Games that were announced at E3, accompanied by the hype train, and were then canceled. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't Cabbage Patch anymore. (laughs) I can't. I'm going to be disappointed that that song isn't at, you know, at least like two or three of the press conferences now. It should be. (laughs) I think it should be. Make a remix, Uh, you know? Should be. Just throw us somewhere it. in the Zumba presentation, the Ubisoft press conference, just to get us <laughs> back on the train. Just oh, dance yeah. 2019. That would work. Um, so as as I was saying before the break, uh, technically the first entry on our list sort of adheres to the rules, but I had to put it on here because it's one everyone mentions. And so let's kick it off with... Number five. For more than a decade... Rockstar Games have been delivering unrivaled interactive experiences to fans all over the world. Grand Theft Auto, Bully, Midnight Club, and Manhunt all began on PlayStation. Today, we'd like to announce a new property coming from Rockstar North. It's called and it will be exclusive to PlayStation 3. I think I know what this is. You might have an idea. 
will take a player across the globe amidst the shadowy world of espionage and assassins in the darkest hours of the late 1970s. It's clear that Rockstar recognizes PlayStation as an ideal place to build an audience, and that's why we're thrilled to have coming exclusively to PlayStation. They, they made a game called Cock? I would say, yeah. <laughs> very bold on Rockstar's uh, decision, on, especially on a Sony budget. No, see, I, I guess I was getting confused with L.A. Noir, a game that like looked black and white back in the day, but that's not what he's talking about, is he? He's not what he's talking about, but that's a that's a great guess. Uh, yeah. Any other guesses? No. What year is this? Ah, so this was announced. Yeah, maybe this will help you. Well, actually, it was originally announced July of 2007, um, and then the official E3 announcement with details and the name of the game happened at E3 2009 during the Sony press conference. Hmm. Dylan, I think you might know this one. Uh, Yeah, I have have a a hint, a suggestion, Um, but I knew it even before doing some research on it. This sounds definitely like Agent. This is Agent. Oh, my God. Agent. Agent, which was supposed to be, and and could still very well be, as we'll see in a bit, uh, a stealth action game from Rockstar. Uh, the game was set during the Cold War and took would take players, as you heard there, into the world of counterintelligence, espionage, political assassinations, and it was set in the seventies, which was super cool. Uh, it it was announced, like I said, originally in two thousand and seven, but before that, the the title agent had was actually in development way back in 2003 by Rockstar San Diego. Mm. Uh, and it was going to be a PlayStation 2 and Xbox game. Um, they can allegedly can that title and resurrected it a few later, a few years later with a similar concept in July 27, 2007. Um, Sony announced that Rockstar was working on a new exclusive game for PS3. And they wrote on their blog, so Michael Shorock, SCEA's Director of Third-Party Relations, wrote, uh, As part of our long-standing relationship with Rockstar and the incredible success for both companies with the cultural icon that is GTA, or we've agreed to the PlayStation-exclusive rights of the next great franchise from Rockstar Studios. Eerily familiar with what we just heard at the 2009 announcement. <laughs> so they're just really hyping up like, hey, Rockstar has always had great success on PlayStation and we're, we're getting this exclusive uh, Rockstar franchise. Right, right. Um, I'm pretty sure Sony wasn't getting kicked in the dick harder than 2007. So any any kind of scrap of information like that, I'm sure they were more than happy to take. Absolutely. And they re- you heard them. They referenced all the big Rockstar franchises. They were better like, hey. on our system. <laughs> yeah, and they, they he went on. I, I cut out a bit. He, he actually does go on to say, GTA did amazing things for PS2. We expect the same with this title for PS3. Okay. Mm. So let's maybe, maybe Rockstar's to blame for PS3's, uh, you know, not winning last generation. Who knows? But um, bet, yeah, this bet title. But all, all the money on the horse that didn't even show up for the race. <laughs> so this title, though, obviously never did come out for PS3. It wasn't an exclusive. Um, there. It, Oddly enough, there have been several official statements. So starting all the way back, you know, 2009, in September that year, they talked about the game was coming 2010. Uh, then Take-Two didn't say anything until March of 2010, and they just confirmed, yeah, we're still working on it. Uh, in 2011, they confirmed still in development, um, never been seen by anyone in the public. Uh, so then in 2011 at E3, um, Jack Tretton, the CEO of Sony at the, of SEA at the time, he said he was unsure over the PS3 exclusivity. It was a decision for Rockstar. So that is, that is the first sign of things maybe started to go wrong there. Um, 
And then at in 2012, uh, the CEO of Take Two, Strauss Zelnick, said, "We haven't announced anything about the game." So they, in all official statements, it's just it's not canceled, but we don't know what it's coming. It may or may not be exclusive. Still, we don't know. Um, by all accounts, though, it would appear it was probably no longer an exclusive if it was coming, and who knows. Um, Why would Rockstar care now, though? Like, in in a post-GTA 5 kind of world, it's hard to see Rockstar wanting to put any kind of resource into something like that unless they can monetize it as much or make it, like, a free-to-play battle royale. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... And I don't know... But but exclusives don't come out of the goodness of a publisher's heart. No. It usually comes with an enormous investment into development, especially for something with any multiplayer functionality or what was then a very new frontier... So, like, how could Sony be that catty about it? Like, we don't know if it's going to be exclusive now. Like, you didn't fork over millions of dollars to have this developed. <laughs> you don't know. But yeah, then, hey, that, stranger that things have happened. That is really odd for a CEO to go on record as saying, we don't know. And, that, and, and, no. and that's up to the partner. <laughs> that, very, very PS3 Sony, definitely. Don't ask me. I just work here. I don't know. We're in such a distant third place. <laughs> <laughs> so things, oddly enough, you know, we didn't hear or ever see anything official, but uh, back in 2011, we did start to see some leaked screenshots and images from the game from people who had been working on the game. Um, and they, you know, so the first batch came out in 2011, um, and the the person that leaked them said, "No, these are from 2009." And hmm. typically, when you have people leaking images of a project, project, that means they've moved on and they're no longer on that project. You know, so. This thing had been in development long enough where people were moving on from that team. This happened again in 2015. A new batch of screenshots were revealed um, by a different artist this time. And um, basically that artist had said, yeah, he was taken off agent and reassigned to GTA 5. So kind of backing Ah. up your theory there, Dylan. Mm -hmm. And then again in August 2017, more images, this time of concept art, were leaked online. So people have seen some of this game. And from, from all accounts, and I saw the images... It looked cool. I, you know, who knows? Concept art, it's real tough to tell anything. Screenshots, yeah, it looks like a PS3 game, you know? But it was, it's just so rare for a Rockstar game to kind of just go dark and, and not hear anything about it in any sort of official capacity. You right, know? right. And That's if true. he's going to be able to kind of do that and just kind of do it so hush hushly, it kind of is Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, but we don't have to tell you shit. But so here's the thing the case gets. Kind of curiouser and curiouser. Um, a lot of sleuths have been following the trademarks, which if you if you follow internet, you know, game leaks at all, a lot of the time it is legal trademarks that will betray when something is about to be announced or if something has been canceled. So in 2013, Take Two renewed its trademark of agent, uh, and again mm. in 2016 they renewed uh, the trademark. In March of 2018, they got a third trademark because you know according to trademark law you can only get like five extensions before that trademark is just no no longer valid so (laughs) as of march of this year they're still extending trademarks or getting new trademarks and this is a thing what here's the thing in terms of future prospects i gotta i gotta claim who knows on this one the official website for the game is still live go to rockstargames.com slash agent it still has the logo with coming soon under the logo and the best part a ps3 logo on the bottom of the page has not Fantastic. been updated to ps4 
It'll so, be the, the FIFA yeah. 13 of PS3 games. <laughs> so the only other time we've seen anything about it, in GTA V, there is a mission where you're playing as Franklin, and you you have to dress up as a James Bond-type agent, and you drive around in a James Bond car with the license plate spells out in leet-speak, agent. So that could either be just, Jesus. hey, referencing James Bond or the game. Who knows? Uh, this one, I don't know. The fact that that website's still live either means someone just is not paying attention or they just don't want to give it up yet. Mm. Yeah, I could see either way. Like, that's just, it's a weird spot for Rockstar to be in. They even, like, do they even bother? But if, like, like I said, any, if any, any company in the world could just be like, eh, we're not going to do this anymore and you're not going to do anything to us about it for just, you know, kind of backing off because... Rockstar can just well, swing that big trick around, like. But, but, but it's it's also could be protecting a trademark and and maybe even more so protecting things that were inside agents that are slowly bleeding out into games like GTA Online. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point, and it, it could just be uh, so much of those concepts get repurposed and reused. Um, mm-hmm. And you, like you said, you just sit on the trademark. And my guess is whatever that game was was that was being worked on for PS3 is long gone. And, you know, maybe maybe it's like a Half-Life 3 situation where they've just been kicking around concepts every th- few years and, and they, they shoot those down and then they, they go back to the drawing board. So uh, one project that they didn't keep going back to the drawing board on is our... Number four. Our partners at Ubisoft challenged us to take an entirely new approach to the World War II shooter and we agreed to take up that challenge. So this is an entirely new take on war games. It's a new take on World War II. What I'm here to propose today is a game about a very special squad of soldiers. These guys are good at their jobs. They love their jobs. They're in it for the thrill of the fight, and they enjoy killing their enemies. These are soldiers whose favorite thing in the world is kicking Nazi ass. The story of this squad is incredible. It's, It's legendary. It's the stuff from which tall tales are born. Some of you will have the opportunity to see the game in action yourselves in the days at the Expo to come. But for now, I'd like to introduce all of you to meet the Furious Four. Hmm. Was this... This wasn't a Brothers in Arms game? So that's... (laughs) Yeah, the the title... The subtitle was there at the end. It was Mm -hmm. sort of giving it away. Um, That was Randy Pitchford, the pitchman himself, uh, pitching Brothers in Arms... Furious 4, which was originally supposed to be a first-person shooter in the Brothers in Arms series that was published by uh, Ubisoft, developed by Gearbox. Um, It was a departure, as you heard him say there, from the Brothers in Arms series, which, if you want to hear how much of a departure, maybe let's, let's hear a little bit of this. Drink up, boys! Bus? It's happy hour. Record scratch, always a good sign. (laughs) Don't mess with Texas. Nein, 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 nein. 
So there's a candidate for a video game farts episode. You had a Nazi taking a shit. A dump, and, yeah. Uh, and, and I yeah. feel like somebody yeah. clearly saw the trailer for Inglorious Bastards and decided, let's make a game. That's, that's exactly what I was. We were all in the shadow of Inglorious Bastards. Why not yeah, make it, a game out of it? That's exactly what this game got compared to. That and Battlefield Bad Company. It was the time of of that. Hey, let's focus on these characters and their crazy hijinks. Never mind the fact that it was taking place in World War II. Never mind the fact that this franchise had a history of realism and and kind of raw real emotion. You I know. Think it was a raw emotion of revving a chainsaw into a crying Nazi. <laughs> But sure, sure. It was also don't mess with Texas. Living in the shadow of modern warfare, and and I don't. Call of Duty wasn't the first World War II game. It just, I think, it became most famous for leaving World War II first, leaving all these other games like, well, what the fuck do we do? And Brothers mm-hmm. in Arms really had no identity outside of the time period, and I and seemingly no interest in going there, except yeah. I, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure this game went to go on to inform other things that uh, your box would well, make. Well, it, it didn't help that there was also Band of Brothers, the, H, the HBO series. Like, so there was a lot of confusion always. I, I always got those confused. It was like, yeah, we have two serious World War II topics that sound really alike. But you're right. This did. This was went on to inform other things, but it also it was informed by other things. So this it, yeah. the gameplay was supposed to be a cross between Borderlands. And then this was also the time of Bulletstorm. Remember mm-hmm. the game that was all about ah, yes. kick, shooting dudes in the dick and ki- you know like kicking dudes away from you and and getting points for headshots and and style and stuff. So it was it was all in that era. Um, but ultimately, yeah. So this was announced at the E3 uh, 2011 press conference. Um, that is the press conference for those of you. Who <laughs> so, remember. You know that thing your grandpa screams about in his sleep? We made it even more extreme. Mm, maybe, maybe I, I heard I heard Dylan doing this noise. Tom Clancy, Tom Clancy, Tom Clancy's poop on your toothpaste. There you go. Everyone, do it with me. I said, everyone, come on. Is that Mr. Caffeine? That was Mr. Yeah, Caffeine. Back dick jokes. Thank you. That guy is the best. I want him to hire. I want to hire him for my birthday party. Yeah, can he? His clown clown rates, yeah. I'm sure he's available. There's he's not promoting Tom Clancy titles out there. Tom um, Clancy. So this game, he this was announced at E3 2011. It was supposed to be published in the first half of 2012. On May of 2012, Ubisoft abandoned the trademarks for Furious Four. Cool. So that's a sign. Like, whoa, what happened? Kind of a bad sign. Uh, the rights. The rights immediately reverted, though, to Gearbox, and so they got Furious 4 and the Brothers in Arms series. Um, well, that, isn't that the thing that, like, uh, Brothers in Arms wasn't always published by Ubisoft at all? It was, But it was, I think it was always sort of under the Gearbox umbrella. Yeah, yeah. And so Gearbox, they took it back, and, and they said they were still working on it. Then uh, Randy Pitchford eventually stated... Well, Furious 4 is not going to be part of the Brothers in Arms series. It's going to be an all-new IP. And oh, the reason was <laughs> it had a lot of negative reception right. uh, at Penny Arcade Expo and other places. And he basically said the, the game will undergo drastic changes. Um, eventually, in 2014, in an interview with Polygon, he did say they were just completely evolving this into a new IP, which, Dylan, do you know what IP that eventually became? If I know the timeline of uh, Gearbox like I think I do, that sounds like Battleborn. That's right. So you were talking, Chris, about elements that were adapted. Eventually, Furious 4 
Pitchford just said in 2015, it's not a thing anymore, but, but we took elements of that and it's been added into Battleborn. The smash success Battleborn that still goes to this day. To this very day, free to play and probably <laughs> offline last I checked. Thanks, thanks Blizzard yeah. for just kicking second place's dick in the dirt even more. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, uh, future prospects, I would say a Furious 4, none. Uh, Brothers in Arms, maybe. I think Gearbox still still owns it. They did announce they were working on a new authentic Brothers in Arms game at one time, um, and but they are seeking help from additional... Oddly enough, not from a publisher. They said they're seeking help from external developers to work on that. So. I mean, World War II games are kind of in the zeitgeist again, right? You know, they got uh, Call of Duty World War II, Battlefield Five, kind of taking it back. So could be a good time. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I, – I don't I, – I played a couple Brothers in Arms games. There's nothing, nothing <laughs> bad about them. Right, but there's, but there's nothing memorable either, right? Yeah, there's there there's no one I've never heard anybody ask for more Brothers in Arms games ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, I'd be baffled if they returned to that franchise. I wouldn't really know why they would do that because even even Call of Duty and Medal of Honor had better ways of like get, letting you know your squad mates a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and, well, what you uh, yeah. really what you really need to succeed as a World War II game nowadays, let's be honest, is loot boxes and multiplayer only mode, just no single player campaign, and, and no really just women, just... get them out of here, <laughs> get it out of here. In That's my right. day, we could cry over the corpse of a fallen brother without a woman around laughing at Who us. Who wants sisters in arms? I mean, really. <laughs> Rosie you the Riveter was a myth. That's fake news. Fake I'm news. You don't want a bunch of women interrupting the intros to Band of Brothers on the History Channel every Memorial Day. You want old <laughs> old men with quivering lips. You won't dare on Normandy. What character is that? I feel like we're going like Looney Tunes too. Yeah, he, he, he got he went from like respected war veteran to, to old prospector very fast. Um, that's, that's why I'm not good at this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, sorry. Yeah. Not I'm to make commando light. Stinky Pete, and I fought the Nazis. Um, you need the little whistle at the end of everything you say. <laughs> I and I, I yeah. And Brothers in Arms, more so than Call of Duty and fucking uh, Medal of Honor, is just such greatest generation catnip that just doesn't work in this generation. Uh, uh, Brothers in Arms, man. Remember when we we were on the good side? Yeah. Remember when everything was black and white? It was great. Yes. Remember when it was easy to do the right thing? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Not so much now. Um so, yeah, not to make light of, of the topic of World War II or anything like that, but Furious 4 clearly did, and that didn't work for them. Um, a concept that did work, uh, that just unfortunately never came to, to see the light of day is our... Number three. And before I go, you know, there's, there's another game we've been thinking about for a long time. It's a bit of a, a pet project of Irrationals, and it's set in the universe. And this has been kicking around for a few years now. And it's very early days, and the design is still evolving. But recently, we, you know, we found the right home for it. And it's on this guy. On NGP. And so this is going to be interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Any guesses who we were just listening to there? His I voice was there, is very man. distinct. Ken Levine. Thank you. Yeah, Levine, <laughs> Levine. Yeah, whichever. Ken Levine, and it's about the NGP. 
gonna say it's the Bioshock spinoff game. Well, it's the Bioshock Vita game. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the Vita Pet Project that never came to be. Right, and um, this was a, this was something that uh, Ken hopped on the stage to announce um, that in E3 2011, he it was immediately after he did a presentation about Bioshock Infinite where he basically was talking about the move controls that they were putting in Bioshock Infinite and how he had been bagging on move controls and then he completely just did a turnaround and um, and they they actually did him. I, I forgot this, but there were move controls in Bioshock Infinite yeah. on uh, PlayStation. Oh, God. But, but he announced this new thing as kind of like an, oh, one more thing, uh, there's going to be a new Bioshock game for Vita. Um he didn't say what it was. He did say it was going to be all new. It wasn't going to tie into Infinite, and it wasn't necessarily going to tie into the events of Bioshock 1 or 2 either. Um, and the reason I put it on this list is I just have always been intrigued by the Bioshock universe. I think yeah. it's one of those things like Assassin's Creed that it has a ton of potential for you to go to different places and explore different things because let's, you know, as they say, there's always a lighthouse, right? So, <laughs> and, and and it's a bummer that, there's no more irrational to, to really explore that. Um, it, what happened to this game, uh, ultimately, in July 2014, it was confirmed that the deal between Sony and, and Bioshock publisher Take-Two had failed to materialize. And then, obviously, the reason it was canceled, ultimately, is Irrational was shut down in 2014. So mm. anything they were planning, it just it just didn't come out. The other, the other most likely reason it was canceled is just... It was on the Vita. Like, yeah. let's, let's be honest. Mm. And the reason you heard a lot of cheering after that announcement is even in 2014, any announcement for the Vita, people were, were, were clamoring for. They're like, oh, yes, something for this thing I spent money on. Uh, there's still, there are still those people out there in this post-Switch world. I, I guarantee you, like, the Persona 3 and Persona 5 rhythm games are a thing, so... That audience yeah. is still technically clamoring for something. I don't. Know. I very rarely have that conversation, but like, I love my, I, I do love my Vita, and I think when was the last time you whipped it out, buddy boy? I'm like, oh, I haven't charged it in maybe a year, <laughs> and like the the switch kind of made all of those things like, nah, this thing's too big. I can't carry you guys anymore. <laughs> Go yeah. to bed, 3ds and uh. And uh, PS Vita. I have two well, games to play. It became a really good travel platform to play all those PSN free games you were getting. It was just, yeah, it was just you the can't thing activate that, them on the plane because you need an internet connection. Yes, God damn yeah, it. you you had to plan a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God but you're right it. that in my yeah in my backpack or whatever my 3ds and it is it's all been replaced by my Switch at this point because that's uh-huh. my travel yeah, platform yeah. of choice. And I only want to just wave the finger at Sony because like. Yeah, a game a portable game system with carts and an iPhone world could have worked, but I feel like they they I feel like most of Sony got cold feet on the Vita right after they released it. It was it was strange just how marketing and just communication on what the Vita is and what their plans are for it because like it, it came out right after the or soon after the PS3, but mm-hmm. before the PS4, they didn't really know how any of that was going to interact and if you know anything about like architecture, PS3, PS4 are like different worlds. So it's mm-hmm. like Vita is in this weird purgatory state from from launch. I suppose. And I do I do remember what I confused this with because some a, a, a relationship with 2K and Vita did materialize with Borderlands, but it was just a straight port and a skinned PS Vita. Oh, it was a rough. I one remember too. that there was that special edition. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it was, all I, it was yes, was a port. Iron Galaxy, I believe, uh, ported it, and they've done a yeah. bunch of. Like they're huge, uh, huge enough for the porthouse uh, work and Killer Instinct 2013. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. They they do a lot of those ports and they do a great job. And um, yeah, it, the thing though for me is just like there were some interesting concepts for the Vita and interesting games that it it had potential. It was a really powerful system. I mean, you had an Uncharted game come out for the Vita, so it could have handled Bioshock, and it would have been really cool to see what they did with it. You know, it would have had to have been maybe on a smaller scale and maybe just kind of more. You know, it's just pure story driven linear experience and th- or anything, mm-hmm. but. I just I wish that we could go back to to some that someone would pick up the the uh, Bioshock license and and run with it Do something and, because with it. yeah yeah it just it feels like a shame and a waste of something that it burned really hot and really brightly for those first two games and then because seemingly because the a the stall in development of Infinite and then the kind of mixed reception of Infinite, like we no longer just get any of well, it anymore. Remember, yeah. the, the re- initial receptions to Infinite wasn't mixed. It was fucking unanimously good, right. which bugged me because I think it's a bad game. But from what I... this is I didn't do any research on this, that it was drastically overhauled at the final hour to make it a more commercial shooter because 2K had eventually sunk Call of Duty money into an indie project into bioshock right. and like they had to somehow justify that and i think it makes it, the, yeah there's, there's there's plenty of elements of infinite that are amazing and then the rest of it is just like a fucking elongated slog yeah. to justify being a 60 dollars game they got rod ferguson and they said they, from coalition you know the gears people to just kind of shape it into a video game i guess like a a generic kind of action game at some point yeah Something, something yeah. a kid's not going to uh, like turn in a pre-order. Well, the next Borderlands. <laughs> well, and as I as I tend to do, let me. I'll do it a, a Disney analogy on this. It's it's a bit like the Haunted Mansion in that it, it feels like a game that has these two halves. There's the first half where you're just walking and absorbing kind of this new world you're in, and then all of a sudden there's this clear delineation. It's when there's that big stage show, and all of a sudden you you have to. St- it becomes like immediately like ruthlessly violent, like like obscenely violent out of nowhere, and it just completely kind of rips you out of that. And you're going, what the what the hell? Shred like robots, <laughs> no stealth. Whatever they promised, the trailer isn't really happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but uh, it Infinite did a lot of really cool things. It explored a time period no one ever explores in video games. Not especially. Well, that's the thing. Is is Bioshock supposed to explore? In my opinion, in which where fucking Battlefield could probably take us, non-existent time periods, shit like worlds we sort of recognize with elements that we do not. And that's what I always found really compelling about Bioshock. But I think it was, but Bioshock was compelling because it was a really polished. I'll say 2.5 a title. No, it was a triple a title. It just, it just didn't, it didn't need multiplayer and it didn't need DLC and it didn't need to be a long game. It was just very satisfying. Yeah. And like you said, though, the premise with the whole alternate realities, alternate universes, you can, you can have this mix of the familiar with the mystical and unfamiliar, like, you know, with the, the powers and stuff you would always get in there. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. And, and, and a lot of, a lot of the shooting could be really fun if you use those powers correctly. But then, of course, if you didn't, yeah, it was it was just kind of like a not not great shooter at that point, unless you were using those those powers they gave to you. But yeah, I was I was bummed uh, not to give a ton of time to a, a canceled Vita title. But hey, it's it is a shame because I, I think that's one of those things where it's like I don't know that it could have saved the Vita at that point, but it it could have helped. Could have been a nice shot in the arm, or at least some. Like I remember. 
God, this is years after Golden Abyss, the Uncharted Vita game. They even they they made like a a card a digital card game. This is like pre Hearthstone era where like I don't know, we'll just throw a card game together. Like I feel like Vita fans are at such a point where you could just throw them a bone with something like a Bioshock card game, and it would have been like. This yeah. is at least something, some semblance. It's the Metroid Prime Federation Force thing. Dude, like, they recognize this franchise is alive. Let's not forget Vita fans. I'll I'll give credit to alone for pushing a visual novel into almost the mainstream because they right. were so starved for something to play. I like Dongon Rampa and, and everything. It's really good. Um, I just don't think we would have. I don't think we would have cared that much if it came out on PC where everybody could touch it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I think it is now on PC, isn't it? Or it is, is, is Vita yeah, still the only yeah, place? Yeah, it's on PC, okay. PS4. Like it, I, I guess the, the Vita Ravenousness really just caught it to these other consoles and might not be mainstream, but, you know, I think of Visual Novel, my first thought is Danganronpa for the most part. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. And we've all, we've all at least heard one of our friends recommend it to it and who never played a Visual Novel before. God damn. Yeah, and the only thing that could have saved the Vita, being real, is Monster Hunter. And <laughs> oof. Oof! You didn't you didn't like Soul Sacrifice? I did actually, uh. <laughs> but uh, but Monster Hunter like could have moved millions of units, which would would have moved dozens of developers over to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, and, at uh, least it would have saved it in Japan, you know, like or prolonged it in Japan. And I think that's, it's still that's like saving it here. Bit. That's what saved. That's what the PSP wasn't a powerhouse here either, but like in Japan, yeah. millions of people had one. Speaking of Japanese development that someone hoped would save a system, that takes us to our next entry with... Please welcome game director Hideki Kamiya. My team and I are excited to present our next original game exclusively on the Xbox One. As a game creator... My passion has been giving audiences unique experiences. Today, we will give you the first look at our next creation. Prepare to see action at a whole new scale. Uh-huh. Oh, a little hit there at the end for you guys. I How long has this been canceled? Um, let me look in my notes here. It was... Um, canceled in 2017 january of 2017 so uh what title are we talking about that was canceled though gentlemen developed by platinum let's sleep in today that is (laughs) (laughs) yes that is scalebound uh developed by platinum games and scalebound was supposed to have been a third person action rpg where you played as the main character drew and you had a dragon companion by the name of Thuban. I hope I'm saying that right. And in the game, you could, at certain points, there was a dragon link uh, mode where you could go to first-person view and, and control the dragon. Um, as such, as one of these companion games with a human character and his pet dragon, uh, there was a lot of really bad back and forth between these two characters, as heard <laughs> here. Ah, it's more of them than I expected. You're up, big guy. Yeah, what the hell was that for? I'd get off if you'd ask me to. Use your words. I've never seen a creature like that before. Don't panic. Team, unite up. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, maybe you should hide behind me. 
Alright, let's go. Mm. What you didn't see there is he's putting on headphones to listen to his music, a la Iron Eagles. Fucking, like, I gotta hear my music when I'm fighting on my dragon. What, what, did you reference Iron Eagle? The Lou Gossett <laughs> Jr. Yeah, movie I referenced series? the Lou Gossett Jr. vehicle, Iron Eagle from the, no, I might have called the Eagles on. Yeah, no, I love that movie growing up. I could, I could do a cast all about Iron Eagle, but don't get me on, off on a tangent. I really hope you like the term big guy because you're going to hear that a lot as he's talking to his dragon. And really, let's be honest, what the last guardian needed was a lot of that awkward dialogue between the main character <sighs> and, and the dragon. Whatever. It was a bit of a departure from platinum in that it, instead of being a pure action game, like Bayonetta style, this, this had a lot of RPG elements, which thankfully I think were later incorporated into near automata. So it's mm. not like the game completely, no you know, waste. a lot of the stuff went away. Uh, then again, I mean the, the cancellation of this was near was probably almost complete. So maybe, but maybe, maybe there was some, you know, simultaneous development going on. It's a weird period. It's a weird period for platinum. This is when they started. This is when platinum really started getting thrown like every license in the book. They had a yeah. Ninja Turtles game on the docket with Transformers on the way. Bayonetta 2's coming out that year. Like their their plate was full, and I think this is the one plate that kind of just fell down and shattered completely. Yeah, it's, and it's a bummer because I think for a platinum fan like myself, it was like the first real deal, first party exclusive they were going to get to work on. And yes, I'm aware of Bayonetta and uh, their work on Star Fox. But come on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a visual powerhouse, a, a Xbox or Sony game where yeah. money is no option. Complete your vision. Make this different and set this system apart, which wasn't yeah. isn't really what Star Fox was supposed to do. Um, <laughs> it, and, it's funny uh, you mentioned Bayonetta because actually the concept for, for Scalebound – originally came about in 2006 and then the studio decided they had to choose between that and Bayonetta and they went with Bayonetta instead mm. in the original concept. So it's been around for a long time. It, it originally started a young girl and a dinosaur. They, they kept trying to repitch the game after Bayonetta and a prototype was mailed, was made. No one, no one got interested. And then they moved on to wonderful one Oh one. And so then after one Oh one was done, Finally, they said, okay, we're going to revise Scalebound, and they did manage to to kind of sell the idea to Microsoft, and they, they began work on the game in 2013. So, And then it was officially announced. We heard uh, Hideki Kamiya at uh, the Microsoft press conference at E3 2014. And uh, I believe it's because Microsoft had just been burned by another Japanese dragon game. It thought would float its boat. Uh, Crimson Dragon, the return Ooh. of Panzer Dragoon, mm. which was supposed to... I thought to, which, you were referring to, wasn't Blue Dragon 1-2 from 360? It was supposed there to be you go. a Japanese success title. Yeah, what's their history with dragons is not, not looking not good. good. Not which is great. crazy. They also had, they had Panzer Dragoon Orta, which was a great game, but I don't great think game. it had stellar sales. Nope, nope. And they're just going to hold off and not give us anything. It's so weird. I, I, I'm going to go upstairs when this is done and unpin Crimson Dragoon. Uh, from my <laughs> Xbox you have One, so I, you have like you're the one guy. They're like they're holding out hope. Like someone's gonna play that game eventually. No, no, no. I just I I learned how to use pins the day I got my Xbox One, and since then I've only used it for streaming services that I like. I was about to say like you haven't played in a while. Like it could have gone through like three overhauls at this point. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. So oddly enough, the game that was shown at 83 after that, I'll, I'll give you guys like two guesses. Right after Scalebound. Right after scale, but I'll give you three guesses. How's that? And that's a hint. Mm. It's God 2016. Damn it. Or no, 2014. 2014. DMC Devil May Cry? 
No. Mm. One of the things I was really proud of doing is I think I, I was watching this, recording every second of it, and I cut together like a five-minute press conference in a nutshell video that did very well that I, I don't know I didn't see I didn't I hadn't seen anybody do yet so I did it in 2014 and I finished it and I huffed and I puffed and then got a phone call that my grandma died so oh. I could only do it for the Microsoft press conference and none of the other ones um that's all I can remember oh, fuck because I, I I went over this press conference with a fine-tooth comb mm. I gave you a hint when I said three guesses crackdown three was oh, the title God. shown right after this it all comes so. together yeah, not not a great little segment there of the press conference. Um, the game missed E3 2015 entirely. They did show it at Gamescom that year alongside again, uh, Quantum, or Crackdown 3 and Quantum Break. Uh, and that's when they showed the co-op four-player mode, which if you think the dialogue was bad in single player, wait till you get a load of this. Hardly seems like a fair fight. Just one of you against all of us. Let's go, big guy! Big guy! All right, how are we going to do this? So I love, though, in the the co-op mode that they showed off, it was kind of like a Ubisoft press conference where instead of you having, like, fake actors trying to coordinate the team, they actually have the characters saying all this stuff. Oh, that's like an extra level of cringe. Just the, the dialogue does seem like Dollar Store Dante. Can you? Im- yeah, yes, that is a great. That is a great example. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The soirees get nuts. <laughs> just have them constantly. Oh, I would love if they just interrupted each other and just constantly were just trying to be so quippy and like, how many big guys do you think would be thrown around? Just mm. <laughs> hey, I call my dragon big guy. No, mine's no, he's big my guy. big guy. I go my well, large I call guy. My dick big guy. Oh no. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Scalebound, it was then it was set to be released in 2016 for Xbox One. Um, it was announced before E3 uh, 2016. Always a great sign when you have a last-minute announcement that it was being delayed. And then it was um, ultimately, like we said, canceled in January of 2017. So here was their official statement, though. So after careful deliberation, Microsoft Studios has come to the decision to end production for Scalebound. We're working hard to deliver an amazing lineup of games to our fans this year, including Halo Wars 2, Crackdown 3, State of Decay 2, Sea of Thieves, and other great experiences. <laughs> I will just tell you, they they batted uh, 25 or 250 on that one. Only Halo Wars 2 actually came out in 2017. Uh, two of those games came out just recently, and Crackdown 3... Again, rumored to be delayed until 2019. Ooh, so, man, that's crazy. Grand, that's crazy. Grand slam, of course, correction on Microsoft's part. I'm hoping they just take the L in this generation and kind of refocus. So here's the th- Whether or not Scalebound can even come back, we don't know. Because uh, Microsoft was asked, like, who owns that IP? And they wouldn't comment. They don't, you know, it's one of those, we don't comment on the details of our agreements with partners, yada, yada, corporate speak. Um and then they, they they gave no comment when asked, "Hey, would you try to work with Platinum again?" So mm. uh, it's one of those things where I don't know if Platinum owns Scalebound, if Microsoft does, and if it's something like, is that concept, to be honest, even something we would want to play at this point? I don't know. Mm, I, I sat through an E3 demo of the game. It was like an eight-minute gameplay demo or something, and it was. I was just laughing because it, you know every time he went to fight, he would put his headphones on, and I'm like, what? What are we doing? What are we? What are you <laughs> doing right now? Uh, I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, nothing is forever. So like, whatever they paid for is is in a window. But I bet some of that involves a release. 
I would say five years before you could ask about Platinum about that game again. Right, right. And maybe maybe it's one of those things where elements of that game will kind of be taken apart and put into other games. Maybe you'll see the ramifications yeah. in like Bayonetta 3 or something. If Bayonetta, like if Bayonetta the... calls her hair big guy, I'm going to be pretty upset though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Hello, big guy. It also doesn't matter because if you care that much about a game like Scalebound, make it, go make it. Yeah. No one's going to sue you. Whatever you thought was good about that game, somebody could do in the next five years anyway. I'd say let it go. I don't remember what was so... Other than the pedigree, I don't remember what was so compelling about it in the first. But pedigree and Dragons, I don't remember what was compelling about it in any way. I think it was, like we said, like Platinum was sort of on a streak, and they were known for epic action, and it was an interesting premise. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I felt like the lead character they showed always, like you said, he just kind of felt sort of generic. Just like, yeah, just placeholder Dante... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, though, people talk about. I, I think the biggest reason it was newsworthy is it is so rare for a first party published title to get canceled. And, and you know, especially because they were they're like relying on those exclusives. And mm-hmm. so anytime that happens, it it is a big story and a big deal. Right. I mean, the, a telltale sign of a first party exclusive not showing is it is a telltale uh, is a one uh, not showing up at E3 again. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Like you have yeah. to show up at E3 the next year if you expect that game to right. ever exist. Again. Right, right. Even to Sony's like discredit, that's all they kind of did was just show the same games, but it at least cemented the fact yeah. that they're still kicking. <laughs> Gotta hype people up. Speaking of hyping people up, that leads us to our final entry on the list. Good. Well, Dom, great to have you. Uh, this is already one of the most talked about games of E3, and no one has seen anything. And I think last week people were like, they, they loved it, the idea of a mature right. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you set it up for us that people may not have heard about it. This right. is a new take on yeah. M-rated, mm-hmm. gritty, real. Uh, mm-hmm. And where is it set? So it's set in this place called 1313. Uh, and I don't know how familiar you are with but it's actually made up of thousands and thousands of layers, yep. uh, which we call levels. And level 1313 is the one that you're actually on in this game. All right, and it's, we... it's where the criminal underworld lives for basically. Right, and you play a bounty hunter. What you're about you to see here is real gameplay, in-game footage. This everything. is your own engine. Yeah, everything we're yep. going to show today is in-game, in-engine, running okay. in real time from the demo. Yeah. All right, here we go. Well, here's the first look at in-game action. It's a deep breath. It'll be the last fresh air you'll get for a while. Fresh air is overrated. Ooh, so edgy. Mm. Hey, guys, uh, you think they, they could have reminded us what type of game it was more? Uh, I mean, I had to bleep that a lot. Um, any guesses what that was? I just, I, I working in the games industry, I, I, well, that doesn't know. So I don't mean to say that. Just paying attention to the games industry, I never associated this with E3. Because that was just when they officially revealed it. It leaked like months and months and months. <laughs> yeah. And screenshots leaked months before that. Logos yeah, leaked right. months before that. Uh, so what leaked, though? What, what are we talking about? And you heard kind of part of the title several times there. That was my hint to you guys. <laughs> Star Wars DS3, DS3. That's, that's, uh, that's actually <laughs> Trece, Trece. No, trece. It might be, uh, uh, <laughs> my malo. <laughs> Uh, Star Wars 1313 is what we heard there. And that was an action adventure game being developed in house by LucasArts. Uh, and it was actually several folks there. It was, um, kind of a partnership between Industrial Light and Magic, Lucasfilm Animation, and Skywalker Sound. In fact, they used this game at several kind of tech demos 
hyping up the fact that eventually game rendering engines would get so powerful that they were going to be beyond and more advanced than movie rendering en- engines for things like animation. And so this was kind of like not only a, a Star Wars title, which is a big deal, but also like kind of a big deal te- technology-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the game itself, it revolved around uh, Boba Fett in his early adulthood, and he's navigating past you know the scum of civilization in Coruscant and going to level 1313, so kind of like a you know the the 19th level of hell or whatever like he's going down into this <laughs> this planet and facing the worst of the worst and and what we heard there was that was Jeff Keeley uh doing an interview on Spike uh, just to date ourselves there um and of course they kept mentioning they had to really hammer home this isn't just a Star Wars game. This is a gritty, like a dark Star Wars Real. game. That's what they really kept emphasizing. This was a Star Wars game, in fact. You might hear swear words. Nice strategy, by the way. You managed to direct both ships at once. But your bitch you didn't get in here. What? Ooh. Ooh. Wow, they're they're catching up uh, to the edginess of the Simpsons in 1990. <laughs> the Saint your Daddy Star Bitchin'. Wars. Uh, Listen it, here, you mother bitchers. <laughs> I want it like if I'm want to be the most uh, optimistic about it. The M rating was just due to the nature of the content. I was joking on I think this week's Laser Time, the toys that maimed us mm-hmm, about the good one. the the CSI game. Whereas yes, like, this yes. this is shown on CBS every single day that any kid can watch it and. When a video game comes out reflecting what's in the show, it's rated M17 plus because you can't have that much semen and death. <laughs> uh, you can't you can't simulate that much death and semen without an M rating. And it seemed like this game was going for like a lot of death. And I'm guessing that's why Disney lost interest in it. Uh, could have been. I think it was mostly uh, just the fact that when Disney acquired Lucasfilm and Lucas uh, LucasArts sort of came with it. Um, uh, a representative said, you know, they're they're evaluating their position in the games market and they decided to shift LucasArts from internal development to a licensing model. So they would they just wanted to take the Star Wars license and kind of eliminate that risk of them paying for development and offload that to licensors. And, and ultimately, EA got the Star Wars license. Um, and so it was just a thing where at Disney, I think we've talked about this before, Chris, every few years, Disney sort of goes back and forth. Like sometimes they're like, nope, we're all in on video games. And then like five to 10 years later, they will just shut everything down. <laughs> and Disney Infinity was the last example of that. Like they were going strong and making money. And then the, just, you know, Toys to Life started not selling as well. And Disney was like, we're out. Just pull the cord. Like, like nope. Yeah, just just like no fucking nonsense because like what Mickey short has ever made any money ever, ever. Well, they were like trailers before movies back in the day, right? Shorts were just another reason to get you to go into theaters, right? But it's a a reason to strengthen your brand, but they don't really give that tolerance or thought to video games because in some respects, Disney still thinks of them as related merchandise to other things they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and, And that's sort of a bummer. And I think at this point they had been burned pretty badly by in-house development and had no in acquiring star wars they had no interest in acquiring a a video game studio 
And I think that was another strike against 13-13. Not that it was the game was nearly done or something like that, right? Well, it was here's I don't know how far along it was. It was announced at E3 2012, and on April 3rd, 2013 is when they announced they were pulling the plug on development. So I don't know how far. I mean, the the demos they showed though, it looked pretty far along. Now, that could have just been like a, you know, a small portion of the game that they built out for demos and they still had a ton of levels to build. I don't know. No, I'm just glancing at the wiki. It says the Kathleen Kennedy said the concept art for the game had gone gold. So like development had not gone gold. The okay. uh, the deciding of the look of the game had gone gold so there was still plenty of other development to be had and that that happens shit i mean i think we were talking about it with fucking alf that like new brass took over the network and they didn't they don't give a fuck about shows they didn't green light if you're having a slight bit of issue or looking like you're a, a very small risk and you're not my baby get the fuck out yeah. of here <laughs> well i think i think it really is the risk thing is is you know Developing video games is super expensive and you never know how, how something's going to sell and are you going to recoup that investment. And so they much rather just give that to EA and say, you know what? You, you make the game and depending on how much you sell, you give us a portion of, of the profits, you know, or yeah. of the sales. And, and of course we saw they still have a little control as we saw with Battlefront two of last course. year after the kind of loot box thing went down. And, and the rumor was that like Bob Iger himself is hopping on calls. I, come on give me a break but so yeah they they can still do that <laughs> but now they don't have to have internal studios i don't know what's weird though is lucas art still sort of exists it in does. this really weird skeletal form where mm-hmm. all they are now are mm-hmm. kind of they're like licensing people that do oversee the ea stuff yeah i mean it's the same way marvel has a game division Mm-hmm. Like they have people working on multiple games at different developers, right? Yeah, but but like I, I like I think LucasArts undoing would have would have been inevitable, um, and and you can blame you can blame the Force Unleashed for that because I do believe that franchise eventually made its money back with one sequel, DLC bundles, and I believe it made its I would speculate it made its money back right about um, now. Like right now, a Steam sale just occurred, and that that series cost LucasArts so much money, yeah, so much money, and underperformed so majorly. I think scared. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have acquired LucasArts, and like, eh, I don't know if we want to take this risk on this game. Yeah. Well, uh, I think this- they they shied away from yeah core games in general. That's what they they handed off to EA. They still technically Disney still has the rights. They can contract with other people to do more casual type games or like mobile mm-hmm. games. Um, and they, I mean, EA has a ton of success right now with their Star Wars mobile games. So yeah, they're they're you know they're doing well in that arrangement. So I don't foresee that they're going to try to bring that stuff in house anytime soon. In fact, you know, in terms of prospects for Star Wars twenty uh, thirteen thirteen. Disney chose not to renew the trademark uh, in 2014, so it was mm. it was an abandoned trademark. Uh, in a 2015 interview with Slash Film, I think this is what you were referencing. Kathleen Kennedy said, "Yeah, the concept art for the gold it was gold. It's a concept they really love." And she just said, "When something like that is the concept so strong, they inevitably develop those things further." But I think this is one of those cases where we probably have seen elements of this game in some of those unannounced or I'm sorry, announced, but unrevealed EA projects, you know, like, cause EA has mm-hmm. what, like technically three star Wars games. Now there's, there's, there's battlefront two. There's the one that they sort of canceled. That was a story based one with Amy Hennig, Amy Hennig but it's like, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's 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 I don't know that it's canceled. It's I think it's just on hiatus. And and then there's a no, third I want to say. Didn't take down a st- entire studio. Who's who would be working on it? Did they? I don't. Yeah. I mean, this happened what last year. Yeah. There's there's a, my my point is there's a lot of Star Wars stuff that's still in the works and. Uh, it, it is the Disney way. Like, there's no such thing as a wasted idea, and stuff will eventually get you know incorporated into something else. A lot of the concepts from this game, I mean, it was, it was sort of very similar to Star Wars Bounty Hunter back in the day. It had a lot of that stuff. It was more, it, it was more gadget based. It was more uh, gun based. There wasn't Jedi powers and lightsabers and all that stuff. That was more, you know, what they were doing with Force Unleashed. The reason I have it here at number one, though, and maybe one of the two of you can speak to this more than me, is. This game has almost achieved like legendary status in in gaming circles of like the one that got away and if only Star Wars 1313 had come out like that was the penultimate Star Wars game to a lot of people and I don't understand a lot of that hype just from what I've seen of it it's like yeah it looked fine like I don't know you know it it, it looked pretty fun like I, I would play that yeah I, I think I think for Star Wars fans like myself Boba Fett is this weird white whale that we'll, we'll never catch the high we think we want to get from this character. Mm-hmm. Episode two should be proof enough for that. <laughs> yeah. um, or or Jedi. But like, there's a, there, there was a high you got from seeing Boba Fett in Empire that I think everybody wanted to see unfold a little differently. And when and the second Disney bought Lucas and started talking about approaching spinoffs, Boba Fett's mentioned in every other sentence. And it's just odd that like we got to... We got to Rogue One and Solo first because that was that would have been the one I was more excited about, um, more Boba Fetty stuff. Because I would rather, I would rather, yeah, Han Solo really walked the underbelly of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Not really, I guess, like in a G-rated Oliver kind of way. But <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see, I wanted to see Fett's world, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. the Star Wars fan base. Look, the Star Wars fan base is fucked. <laughs> I, I, That's what yeah, everybody's talking yeah. about this week, anyway. Um, you know who I'm going to talk to? I'm going to take it up with Kelly Marie Tran. Does she have an Instagram? I could give her strongly worded questions about where is this game? Ever since you were hired to be in Last Jedi, we lost all our video games. I did hear that she was the reason 1313 got canceled. I, yeah, my sources, sure. my sources can corroborate on this. Might, might Please as well. link this show sure. to the wiki on that. <laughs> so sourced it. I mean, ultimately though, I always thought this game sort of looked like Republic Commando. Remember mm, that one? Yeah, that was like yeah. the team of, uh, of yeah, yeah, it was more shooting based hard. and gadgets. Yeah, which was it, it kind of leaned more into the Metroid Prime like uh, kind of adventure style of first person games, and it had the HUD and all that yeah. stuff. So oddly enough, the yeah. Metroid Prime Four. Uh, there were some rumors a while back that Bandai Namco is kind of fronting that while Nintendo is doing more oversight. And the team that's working on that from uh, Bandai Namco actually did some work on Star Wars 1313. Mm. So that uh, maybe some of those those kind of elements... I, I'm not trying to say that, like, oh, you're going to get a mature, like, gripping Metroid narrative. But, I mean, it's curious yeah. to see where those kind of people end up and what they want to do with something like Metroid. You know, that's this is a great opportunity for me. I, I owe the uh, listeners an apology on episode number 266, where we talked about comeback games, games that we hadn't heard around. I didn't put Metroid on the list. And that was almost, <laughs> you know, on the question of the week, almost like the number one response. And I just completely went, you guys are totally right. Like that. I love Metroid Prime. I don't know why I didn't Tell put it on it. the list. But so I, I owe you guys an apology. That is 
That should have been on that list for sure. Now, it's not going to replace Shadowrun for me, so sorry, go fuck yourself, but still should have been on the list. Mm. Anyway, I just thought I'd own up to that. But Star Wars 1313, our number one game that was announced at an E3, that was canceled. I would have the- canceled the E3 game. <laughs> yeah, that's an easier way to say it. You're right. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, so how about this? Question of the week. What canceled or delayed game are you holding out hope for? As always, you can answer the question of the week on the official LaserTime Facebook community or at VigigameApocalypse.com under the show notes for episode number 267. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Dylan? Uh, well, if you want to hear more of my sultry tones on podcasts, you can go to PNBcast.com. I do a whole bunch of shows uh, T. Lavar Foster, Kayla Zumbaum, Robert Beach, we all run this rinky dink. It's like it's like the laser time operation, but with like no money. So, <laughs> and a little, I'd say just a little less charisma. You know, I mean, I thought I did a good job this week, but hey, feel free to yell at me in the comments. Hey, hey but but so much more potential and promise. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank oh. you. I don't want to hype it too much. Just climb aboard that PNB hype train, folks. Uh, Chris, what about you? Anything to plug? Can't stop thinking about uh, the future and uh, what we got going on right now. I'm really happy with the latest episode, uh, Toys That Maimed Us. Um, you can listen to that on LaserTimePodcast.com, but probably wherever you listen to your podcast, it's there. If it's not, let me know. We'll try and get it up there. Um, 302010 this week. Jesus, what are we talking about? Can't Hardly Wait and um, The Incredible Hulk. Remember that movie? <laughs> uh, which one? Is that the one with Bana or is that an uh, Edward Norton one? That's the uh, redheaded stepchild with uh, Edward Norton. Um, the weird little outing with the uh, different studio logo. But uh, yeah, technically the first like crossover Marvel film. Yeah, because uh, the, uh, the, the stinger at the end, right? With Robert Downey Jr., appearing right. as iron man yeah yeah and they, and they didn't throw that into the tv commercials for at least a week so if you were in the theater like the first day like it's kind of shocking it was it was beyond shocking it was different from seeing a, a marvel character you hadn't seen in the movie that you're fin- just finished watching you you're seeing someone from another movie from another studio it was crazy um so we'll be talking about that uh this week on 30 2010 and uh two bonus episodes for our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time um, Patreon, we should, we want to give that a little bit of an overhaul, but not to like change all that much or change what you're getting now, but to enhance, uh, to entice more people in there with newer Patreon stuff and, uh, look for a kind of a refresh on that in uh, the beginning of July. But until then, how about two bonus episodes for you patrons, Dave Rudden and I, who you might remember from this show, uh, talk about Arrested Development and, uh, Matt and I this week talked about uh diarrhea and star wars so if you want more <laughs> right. star wars conversation just like we are now star wars yeah. wow we can't escape it yeah um when is e3 is that is that is, is that this friday this weekend the next week uh <laughs> yeah technically the i think it kicks off on the first official thing is saturday um mm. i want to say that's ea's press conference is so the day after this episode goes live uh, and then throughout Sunday, there's a couple things, and Monday, and then Nintendo's uh, Direct is on Tuesday morning. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I will be attending E3. Ooh, and rest assured, lovely. listeners, we will still have an episode ready for you uh, next Friday for E3. And um, once I come back, you might even get some impressions and some of my smoking hot, just red hot takes from E3. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that or not. I don't care. <laughs> and I and, and um, if if. E3 is streamed from our end. It'll be somewhere in uh, the Facebook or the Facebook, Laser Time Facebook community. And that's, I'm not promising anything. I don't even know if we want to do that. But if it did, it'd be super simple. And um, that's where you get the announcement about it. Yeah. And that's actually a great chance to plug. Uh you know, our, our friend Daniel has been doing a lot of really fun streaming stuff on the official Laser Time Facebook community. And he, he'll stream old, you know, movies, TV shows from the 80s and 90s. Uh, tonight, I think he was streaming something starring Hulk Hogan. Uh, so yeah, go check that I out. Tra- I was uh, trying to join- get my fucking work done and the motherfucker started streaming, streaming The Last Unicorn, which is a fantastic Ooh, movie. Nice. That cool. I fall in. I, yeah, it's really good. And like, I don't know how, how we got away with that, but thank you, Daniel. Yeah, I don't know where he gets a lot of this stuff too. Like he also streams like really hard to find, really obscure stuff that will crack you up. So mm-hmm. go check that out uh, at the official Laser Time Facebook community. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Uh, write a review, tell a friend. That always helps. You can follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Maddie C Allen. All thoughts there. Still bad. Still my own. That's been this week's episode of Video Game Apocalypse. Thanks for listening we'll see you next week just in time for e3 and remember don't hate e3 don't hate the player or the game Tom Clancy's poop on your toothpaste. There you go. Everyone do it with me. I said, everyone, come on.